Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Good Fortune. Uh, it's me, your host, if you will, Jamie Wright. Um, and this is going to be a forecast for the week of May 1st through the 7th. Um, my request, <laughs> if you're out there listening, um, you know, please like this post on Substack. Please send me a comment. Please send me a note. Um, just a really simple flag <laughs> that you're out there listening. Um, it helps me get a sense of who I'm really talking to because, you know, I like to know my audience. So yeah, if you're listening, let me know, give a shout, honestly, give a little like, um, we are in, you know, another eclipse week this coming week, this past week, the week between the eclipses, um, this sort of first quarter Leo moon week between eclipses was, I don't know, for me, it went suspiciously well. Um, <laughs> and we'll see how things start to shake out, um, this week now that we are about to reach our other eclipse, which is going to go exact on May 5th. Um, and the sort of high-level download about that eclipse that's coming up this week, that's coming up on the 5th, is that it is a lunar eclipse in Scorpio on the south node. And so really just like <laughs> basic level advice is... I want everyone to take it easy this week and go slow and stay hydrated. Um, An eclipse in Scorpio is on the south node is just such intense, like purging energy. Like something has to be let go. Something will be let go. Something will be released. Um, And it's definitely an emotional time, a heavy time. Um, And it's coming at this lunar eclipse, this sort of full moon moment, which is this kind of like breakthrough, this like, I'm going to walk away, this like, I've had an aha realization. I don't know. There's this sense, this real sense of release and purging and, you know, maybe also purging something that you don't want to purge, purging, you know, maybe there's also like some welcome new things coming into your life, but there is something that needs to be let go, a dream that has to die, something that needs to be consolidated, something that needs to be refined or sculpted. Um, And as we, you know, the eclipse isn't until Friday, but we're going to be feeling this building energy toward that this whole week. And I think people really think of full moons as like, oh, this is like the party time. This is the most active time. This is when I want to be putting myself out there. But this full moon is like, actually, maybe we should cancel the show and do something else and not cancel the show because it's, you know, a mess or a wreck or we're not ready, but cancel the show because it's like, maybe I need to be kind to myself and be slow and take it easy. Um, So yeah, just know like high level, like going into this week. It's a lunar eclipse in Scorpio on the south node. It's ruled by Mars and Cancer. Both the moon in Scorpio and Mars and Cancer are in their fall. And so they're both, it's like Mars, this planet of action and direction and drive, as I've talked about before. In Cancer, the sign of the crab, the emotional warrior, but also like, 
I'm not going to fight or I'm not going to take on challenges in a way that matches the status quo. And the moon in Scorpio is so similar where there's this sense of like, I'm, you know, the moon is about keeping our rhythms and keeping things regular and keeping us in, you know, in circulation, in a pattern, going through the motions, going through our life, going through our days. And I think a big part of the reason the moon is in its fall in Scorpio is like Scorpio is this sign that's all about protection and all about um, vulnerability and being willing to go there, you know, go to war for the people we love and the things we love. Like, you know, Scorpio is very like, I'll kill that guy for you. And when the moon is in Scorpio, it's like the moon's job is to collect information and to keep going and to make the rounds. But in Scorpio, it's like, oh, no, we're going to sit in this vulnerability. We're going to sit in this impasse. We're going to sit in this thing that's very difficult to talk about. Um, And we're going to sit here for as long as it takes to figure it out. And I will sort of like be in this swamp for as long as it takes me to get through this and you can join me or you cannot join me, but I'm going to be here and I'm going to be in this vulnerability. And, you know, vulnerability, uh, you know, we don't usually put that into the schedule. We don't usually make time to go through that sort of full range of emotions or really go to the heart of something or go to the core of something. Like the Scorpio doesn't want small talk. Scorpio wants to get to the piercing heart of the matter. Um and so this, you know, this moon in Scorpio ruled by Mars and Cancer, it's like both of these planets are sort of, you know, they're going, they're taking the long road to get what they want. And they're maybe, they're not maybe, they're definitely doing so with integrity. Like <laughs> the moon in Scorpio is like, I have covered every single one of my bases. And Mars and Cancer is like, I have made sure to consider, you know, the whole of this and everyone's emotions and how we can move forward in a very, you know, socially aware way as we like fight this battle or try to finish this task or like honestly just like get through this Pilates class, this workout class, like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to make sure I'm feeling it all in my body with both of these placements. Um But and so there is this sort of like taking the long road and also maybe like really having the courage to release and purge like something that maybe isn't worth going through this whole delicate process. You know, there are some things like I say this all the time as a Libra rising, like people say that Libras are not good at conflict, but I think Libras are actually excellent at conflict, but they just choose their battles. And this lunar eclipse in Scorpio is definitely about choosing our battles um, and choosing them wisely. (laughs) Um, But what I was going to say is that the moon in Scorpio and Mars in Cancer are in this relationship called mutual reception, which basically means that Mars is in Cancer, which is the sign of the moon, and the moon is in Scorpio, the sign of Mars. So they're both in each other's signs. Um, They both, you know, have kind of what the other one wants, or they have what the other one is comfortable with. 
but they're interestingly both in the sign of their fall currently. So it's like they're both really at a disadvantage, but when they work together, there is a little bit more room to be like, oh, you have what I want and I have what you want. And maybe we can sort of uh, strategize around this. And it's interesting. I'm interested to see how this will play out. I mean, this is very similar to our last eclipse, the solar eclipse in, in Aries. Aries, the moon in Aries and Mars in Cancer share also share that mutual reception. Um, so there's a sense with both of these eclipses of like, that we've had this eclipse season of like, oh, I'm taking the long road. I'm taking the hard path. But, um, and I'm like taking on this challenge, but the, and it's like, maybe I seem like I'm at a disadvantage, but if I really get my bearings and notice every resource I actually have around me, there might be a way to really take this on, um, in a way that actually works for me. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I'm interested to see how this is going to be playing out in, in different people's lives. Um, And so we start off this week on Monday the 1st with the moon in Virgo and the moon is waxing toward that lunar eclipse in Scorpio. And, you know, we're in the waxing gibbous phase of the moon, which I like to call tech week or dress rehearsal. Um, And as I said, it's like this is really like we're in dress rehearsal, we're in tech week and what might ultimately be decided is that we cancel the show for everyone's, for the benefit of everyone. Um, And I think some of the reasons why we might have to (laughs) cancel the show or at least cancel one per the first opening night, or at least like maybe really strip things down. It's like, maybe we're just going to do a staged reading instead of the full production. Um, The first couple signs of that do come on Monday because we have two Two things happening on Monday of note, which is um, at 1.08 p.m. we have Pluto stationing retrograde. And at 7.27 p.m., these times are all in Eastern, we have the Mercury Kazemi. So Mercury going into the heart of the sun, the halfway point of Mercury retrograde. Um, So the Pluto stationing retrograde, you know, Pluto entered Aquarius on March 23rd. And as I was talking about last week, like Pluto is now stationing retrograde at zero degrees and 20 minutes of Aquarius. So has gotten one third of a degree (laughs) into the sign. Um, If you are a person who uh, has planets or points at zero degrees Scorpio, or maybe also at 29 degrees Capricorn or has zero degrees of another fixed sign like Taurus or Leo or Scorpio. Um, There's probably this sense of you might have felt something more personal uh, with this transit. Um, But for people in general, you know, this is just sort of giving us a preview, as I've talked about, of what the next 20 years of Pluto and Aquarius are going to be. And we had Pluto really slowing down last week like truly Pluto is stationing retrograde on Monday the first but really that process was starting last week if not the week before of Pluto just really sitting in one spot in the zodiac at the zero degrees and 20 minutes of Aquarius and that's going to continue all throughout this week maybe even into next week 
And so there is this kind of potency of like whatever is going on with Pluto and Aquarius and in the Aquarius part of your chart, there it like Pluto is kind of sitting there and giving you a clue of like, oh, this is what the next, you know, couple years is going to be about. This is what the next 20 years is going to be about. Um, whatever is sort of being pulled up from the underworld, <laughs> if you will, whatever is like bubbling up from under the surface is probably very visible in this moment. Um, and maybe ways of like, especially with Pluto and Aquarius, it's like, how am I using this technology to my advantage? How am I upgrading? How am I considering the sort of whole social collective? Um, and so that is a very potent moment that I think, you know, we you're not necessarily going to get like a... <laughs> Uh, a omen falling from the sky as Pluto stations retrograde, but there is perhaps this sense of um, of something bubbling up to the surface, as I said. And then the same day, the Mercury retrograde Kazemi, Mercury going into the heart of the sun. So this is marking the halfway point of the Mercury retrograde. So Mercury stationed retrograde on April 21st, right after that solar eclipse that we had on the 20th. And now we've reached the halfway point when Mercury goes into the heart of the sun. And so the Mercury retrograde, like it comes with this sort of slowing down and this delay and this, you know, I'm not going to go ever forward. I'm going to go back instead. And the Kazemi moment, this halfway point always comes with a little bit of an aha, a little bit of a breakthrough. And this is happening in Taurus. And what's significant about this, too, is that, you know, this eclipse season, we're having this eclipse in Scorpio this week, and it's one of the sort of concluding eclipses of these eclipses in Taurus and Scorpio that we've been having since November 2021. And so this eclipse season, we're not having a Taurus eclipse, but we Taurus is in the conversation through this Mercury retrograde. And the Taurus part of your chart and the Scorpio part of your chart are opposites. They're at odds. There's been development and purging and change in those areas of your life over the last year and a half. Um, And as we face this lunar eclipse, like with this sort of like analogy I'm talking about of like, we're canceling the show, the aha moment that comes in the Taurus part of the chart is like, perhaps something about like, yeah, I'm not going to pursue this or go forward with this because there's this sort of polar opposite idea or there's something on this like other side of the spectrum that really has my attention or needs my attention or I want to pay attention to. And, you know, there's there's definitely like a sort of ping or an idea. And I guess like (laughs) the sort of caveat with that is that like, Mercury is still going to be retrograde until May 14th. So we're still dealing with delays. We're still dealing with slowness. We're still dealing with like, we're going back instead. We're not moving forward. So whatever that ping of the idea that comes on Monday is, it's it's not necessarily um, something that we're just going to hit the ground running with. But it is something that's like, oh, I, I might want to shift my weight <laughs> over in this other direction. Um, and that's all happening, you know, as the moon is in Virgo, um, coming into this waxing gibbous phase, there's something built, we're building towards something. Um, then on, and oh, and just to sort of close that out too, on Monday, so on Monday, we have this sort of Pluto stationing retrograde. 
And we have the Mercury Kazemi. The moon is in Virgo, as I said. And the moon is going to end the day at 7.52 p.m., completing an opposition to Neptune. You know, illusory, delusional, (laughs) hazy Neptune. And so there's also maybe a little bit of a fog or a dreamy quality or an imaginative quality, or there's like something that's a little outlandish or like not very realistic about some of these sort of breakthroughs or these like Plutonian unearthings that we're having on Monday. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean they're (laughs) a malefic influence or they're not, they're not okay or like. But it's, again, adding to the, like, we're not hitting the ground running with whatever these ideas are, but, and it might be a little bit head in the clouds, but there is something there that definitely, like, write it down and re- so you can remember to pursue it later. Um, so we finish off the day and, like, the moon then goes void after opposing Neptune at 7.52 p.m. Eastern. And then we go into May 2nd, and at 2.08 a.m. Eastern, the moon enters Libra. And basically the whole day on Tuesday the 2nd and Wednesday the 3rd, the moon basically goes into Libra and for the whole day on the 2nd is pretty much like not void, but like taking, it's not making any aspects, it's not making any connections all day. We're just sort of sitting in the balance of something, the moon, um, you know, being in Libra, it will eventually connect with both Venus and Jupiter. But on the second, we're really just sort of, I think, like hanging in something as this like waxing gibbous moon is, is sort of collecting more and more. And I think I'm thinking of this almost like there's this sense of like a little bit of like stage fright or a little bit of like there's something hanging in the balance of like, yeah, I don't want to put on this whole show. And now it's like I have too much time to think about all the things that could go wrong, especially with the moon and Libra. It's like, let me consider everyone's opinion and all sides of the story. Um, and so like definitely be kind to yourself on the second. I would make, you know, social plans, get together with friends, go see some art, read a book, watch a good TV show, like yeah, there's something about communing with ideas and knowledge or something Libran, like go window shop, look at some clothes, look at some nice materials and like, yeah, or just go get like a nice cocktail. <laughs> um, yeah, there's this sense of like, you know, convene with the finer things and try to like focus on like you know, your taste, what do you really like? What do you really want to be around? Who do you really connect with? Um, The third, again, we're in sort of this, not liminal, but this very, we're sort of still hanging in the balance and the moon will eventually square Mars at 5, 10 p.m. Eastern. So it's basically all day on the second and then the entire working day on the third, that especially on the third, they'll will feel more like we're building towards that moon square Mars, which I've talked about moon Mars aspect before. I mean, I call them like <laughs> fighting and fucking. Like there's something passionate about it, erotic about it, but there's also something quite dangerous and something almost like you know, violent or intense about it in that way. And um, there definitely can be clashes. There can definitely be some sort of upset. 
and some sort of, um, you know, emotional emotional pain that comes with moon square Mars. And I think, and it's also like Mars separates Mars invites us to walk away from something. And so there is perhaps something that we're kind of walking away from around the third in the afternoon into the evening, Eastern time. Um, then we go into the fourth. And so on the fourth, um, so after the moon squares Mars, the moon is then applying to both Venus and Jupiter. So Actually, overnight on the 3rd, like, (laughs) we have that moon square Mars at the end of the working day on the East Coast, but that evening, the moon is is going into the benefics, so there's maybe something fun or cute we can do that night. That is probably, like, a cute date night for the week, Um, cute little park hang vibe, Um, movie night, I don't know. There's something sweet about that, Um, and definitely, like... If there's a communication, if there's someone you want to gently let down, I'd I'd wait to do it until the moon separates from Mars and is going into Venus and Jupiter. Um, so the moon connects with both Venus and Jupiter in the morning of the 4th. And then 10.32 a.m. Eastern on the 4th, the moon enters Scorpio. And that's when we really are right at, you know, the, the wake, <laughs> the doorway of the eclipse. Um, and that day on the 4th at 1.40 p.m., we have the aspect of Venus square Neptune. Um, and you might recall a few weeks ago, I was talking about, uh, Venus Neptune aspects. I was talking about Venus sextile and trine Neptune and how I see that as the mark of a surrealist. And I was talking about Venus square Neptune and how Venus square Neptune is like less of that kind of surrealist quality of like, oh, I'm going to point out, like, I'm going to try to make art out of my dreams, art out of these fantasies, art out of something that like isn't real, but I'm going to make it real. But I'm also going to let you know it isn't real (laughs) in a certain way. Like there's a Venus and like that Venusian art and beauty concept is walking hand in hand with the Neptunian illusion. But Venus square Neptune, as we're experiencing on the fourth, that's when Venus is kind of doing a dangerous dance with Neptune. That's when we're getting wrapped up in the the illusion. That's when we're entering the sort of simulated reality. Um, And I was looking through the, you know, list of celebrities who have Venus square Neptune. And there are definitely like some classic like Hollywood hotties are just like celeb hotties with that placement. Like Rihanna has Venus square Neptune and like literally the Josh Hartnets of the world have Venus square Neptune. Um, Charlize Theron, mega babe. But what's interesting about Charlize Theron too is that she's like, you know, this beautiful, glamorous celebrity, but also she's, like, in a way, known for playing monsters. Like, she literally played Eileen Warnos in the film titled Monster and arguably plays an even more monstrous character in Young Adult, which, um, FYI, is one of my favorite movies ever. Um, and then the another example that really made me, like laugh and and just made me so happy was you know one of my one of my true crushes 
is Venus Square Neptune, which is Steve Buscemi. And Steve Buscemi, I think, is like an amazing example of this uh, aspect. Um, He also has Venus in Aquarius, in the first few degrees of Aquarius, which is the Deccan that Austin Coppock calls a mark of exile and is very much about like going your own way and almost being an outcast and being separated from the crowd. And like Steve Buscemi is such like, he's like almost like, you know, he's not necessarily conventionally handsome. You know, he doesn't have the perfect Hollywood teeth. He doesn't have the perfect Hollywood face. Like he rose from being a firefighter to starring indie movies to being a legitimate, like, you know, uh, almost household name star. Um, And it's almost like he's like the, it's like, AI simulated like an unconventional Hollywood actor and they created Steve Buscemi. Like it's almost like he was created in a lab to be like the version of this kind of person. Um, And he's also, you know, a filmmaker, he's a director. And I think I talked about too with the last Venus Neptune aspects, like I do see Venus square Neptune as this like filmmaker, um, placement because it's like film is about sucking us into an alternate reality and thinking it's real and that's also something too about Steve Buscemi is like people love him because he is relatable he seems like a real person he doesn't you know he's not he doesn't have the veneers and he doesn't have like the perfect skin and he's not like he's not fake he is real but he's also on screen playing these characters that are not real but we believe like oh i know that person but you don't know that person it's a fictional character um so that's so on that i'm just that's just to say that amidst this kind of you know week this week when we're approaching the big show that we're going to cancel or switch to a staged reading This Venus square Neptune on the 4th, I mean, there's something a little worrisome about that. There's a little bit of like, are you, are we falling into an illusion? Are we falling into a delusion? Are we, are we making the right choice in this moment? Um, Not sure. Like the last time we had the Venus square Neptune aspect was... Back in early December, I think it was exact on December 1st or 2nd, 2022. And that was the weekend when everyone was like paying $6 to get their AI generated portraits done on that app. I don't even remember the name of the app. It came and went. It was a moment. But, you know, look out for that. You know, and that in many ways was all fun and games. I mean, we can get into the debate about it, but... In the grand scheme of Venus square Neptune, um, like sinister (laughs) goings on, like a bunch of people paying $6 to an app that may or may not be stealing our likeness and may or may not be like taking work from artists and may or may not be, you know, a little bit more macabre than we'd like it to be. Um, there, There could be more dangerous versions of Venus Square Neptune, at least on a material, immediate level for us as people, rather than like us as members of the larger society. But, um, you know, think back to what was going on, like around December 1st or 2nd, and there might be something else that comes up. But there is a little bit of like, 
wishy-washiness with this aspect, a little bit of like Disney princess, like, you know, over the top romance, over the top, you know, narratives, over the top storytelling. Um, just, you know, be aware that there is a little bit of that Venusian fog hanging over things and like, um, really take a moment to consider like, is this what's really going on? Or am I looking at this situation through rose colored glasses? Um, and so that happens yeah, on one, at 1.40 p.m. on the 4th. But then, so going into the 5th, um, 12.02 a.m. Eastern on the 5th, we have Venus sextile Jupiter. And so this is sort of countering that Venus square Neptune aspect where Venus Jupiter, that's the two benefic planets. That's the two good guys um, working together, coming together. And this is, you know, in the grand cycle of things, we had the Venus-Jupiter conjunction back on, I believe it was March 1st or March 2nd um, in Aries. Um, And so this is the first, this is the opening sextile after that conjunction. And Venus and Jupiter together, I mean, that's like, (laughs) it's very much like, oh, something positive is happening like something heart opening is happening there's a chance for big love big beauty big art big connection there's a chance to kind of take a leap and with the sextile there's a sense of like oh I felt like everything was being renewed and shifting back in early March um and now I can really open myself to that and like go into this next phase of my life um And yeah, see what good things are in store. But like, how am I going to open that door? Um, And so that is actually like a sort of, that's a nice way to start what's going to be a little bit, you know, it's an intense eclipse day. Um, And we have the lunar eclipse in Scorpio going exact at 1.34 p.m., on the 5th, on Friday the 5th, Cinco de Mayo, interesting. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I talked a lot about how I see this eclipse as really this sort of purge, this release, this letting go. Um, And it is sort of, it's like we're in the sort of final act of this eclipse story that's been going on since November of 2021. And as you sit with like this information, it's sort of like what was going on on November 19th, 2021. That's when we had the first eclipse in Taurus, 27 degrees Taurus. Um, the nodes then actually switched into Taurus and Scorpio, um, in January of 2022. So that it was sort of like, that November 2021 eclipse was like the prelude. And then we had the real opening in January of that year. Um, And there was a full moon in Leo on February 18th of 2022 that perhaps had something to do with this overall story. Um, We then had eclipses on April 30th, 2022 in Taurus, and then May 
16th, 2022 in Scorpio. And then over that summer on August 1st is when we had Mars, Uranus, and the North Node, or Rahu, all conjunct at 18 degrees of Taurus. And that, you know, that happened on August 1st of 2022. And that wasn't an eclipse, but it it was almost like <laughs> it was it was like both a mini and a giant eclipse like moment. Something very crunchy or faded came up that was related to this whole story around that time in August of 2022. And then in the fall, on October 25th, 2022, and then no- we had an eclipse in Scorpio. And then November 8th, 2022, we had an eclipse in Taurus. Um, and now, May 5th, 2023, we have our final eclipse in Scorpio. Um, of this cycle, we won't have another eclipse in Scorpio at all for another 10 years. And we won't have another eclipse in Scorpio on the South Node for like almost 20 years. So this is definitely like, as I said, it's the ending. It's the purge. (laughs) It's we're switching to a stage reading instead of doing the full show. Um, But going through those dates that I just went through might be useful if you want to rewind and write them down and sort of think through like what is the story what's been connecting all these moments and something that's coming up on the fifth around this week that's like opening up a sort of final chapter that might play out for the next few weeks or the next few months like what has been this story what am I letting go what ideas about myself am I purging what actual things am I purging what am I walking away from um and I bring up to that, like the Mars, Uranus and the North Node from August of 2022. I bring that up because this eclipse happens almost it's not exactly opposite um, Uranus, but it's pretty close. And Uranus this week is actually again at 18 degrees of Taurus. It's at the degree it was for that conjunction back in August. So there is this reverberation of something that was happening around this time or not around this time in August, like something that was happening in late July, early August last summer that then was maybe like, oh, this is an (laughs) explosion. A can of worms has been opened. And now it's been, you know, it's about nine months later and I've had all this time to process and where am I with that? And like, how can I kind of put what isn't useful from that story to rest at this point? Um, And I think that will be sort of an important part of this eclipse as well. Um, And so that, yeah, that's on the 5th. That's on Friday. It's a really um, a special way to start the weekend. Um, I would really try to lay low, not make huge plans, keep things as simple as possible. Honestly, with the Venus square Neptune of it all like stay away from substances if you can just like I mean not to like force raw dogging reality (laughs) upon anyone but I don't know there's 
there is a sense of like, really just lay low, don't imbibe anything that's going to alter your state of consciousness because reality is going to be altering your state of consciousness for you without the aid of substances. Um, then on Saturday the 6th, um, the moon will go void at around 10.37 a.m. Eastern until 4.03 p.m. Eastern. So we have another, we've been having these lazy Saturdays. I think we had one, um, yeah, this past week as well. And yeah, so I would say like lay low that Saturday, take it easy. Um, when the moon enters Sagittarius, um, Things, you know, will be past the moon in Scorpio, which will feel good, but things might not immediately feel better because the moon is going to be applying to a square with Saturn as soon as the moon goes into Sagittarius. Um, and, and the moon completes that square to Saturn at 2.12 a.m. on Sunday the 7th. So... Yeah, there's this sense, there might be this sense of like eclipse hangover vibes on the 6th where in the morning it's a little bit like, I'm lazy and I just want to, you know, have my egg sandwich and drink my coffee in bed and binge something. But that evening, Saturday evening, there might be a little bit of like, oh, I'm having anxiety. Like, was it the right choice to let that stuff go? Like... What, what's really going on here? Like, why did I make that decision? Um, but then, and well, what I'll say too is, so the moon completes that square of Saturn, you know, late Saturday night into Sunday morning. Um, and then the moon, because of the way the planets are spaced out, the moon is not going to make an aspect for the whole rest of the day on Sunday and won't make an aspect, I think, until the middle of like Monday the 8th which is a square to Neptune. So there's really this kind of like, Sunday is a little bit like <laughs> La La Land, outer space. Um, it's it's maybe a two-day eclipse hangover, to be honest. Um, but the sort of good news saving grace of Sunday the 7th is that at 10.24 a.m. Eastern, Venus goes in to Cancer And not that we don't love Venus and Gemini, where Venus has been for the last few weeks. There's, you know, we love the flirtiness. We love the sort of intellectual connection. We love the kind of trickster debate of Venus and Gemini. But in this eclipse season, especially coming out of an eclipse on the south node in Scorpio, which to me is just like, it's a little bit like loss of appetite. It's like, I'm truly losing my appetite. I'm losing something physical. I'm letting go of of a reality but also my body just feels like I've been through the ringer and Venus going into cancer is like okay let's eat well you know Venus is going into the sign of the moon like let's get nourished let's get fed and so there is this hazy quality quality, quality. I don't know how I just pronounced that. There's a hazy quality to Sunday the 7th, but that Venus and Cancer, like it's definitely worth celebrating. You know, it might be a good time to get together with friends, make a good meal, have a Sunday dinner, do something, you know, Venus and Cancer very much connects 
through, you know, as I said, this kind of nourishment, this kind of keeping people fed. It's very like, I'm going to throw a dinner party and make sure everyone gets all of their needs met. And we like have something of like something that is everyone's favorite on the menu. Um, There's also a little bit of a sense of nostalgia. It's a little bit of like, let me go through an old photo album or better yet, let me put, (laughs) let me find my old photos and put them in a nice photo album. Or let me look through like, a project that I worked on in the past to get inspiration for the future. Because remember, Mercury is still retrograde. Like, we're still not ready. You know, we've had this eclipse. We're hungover from the eclipse. And this is also a reminder of, like, you don't you don't have to be, like, again, running into the next thing, doing the next thing. Like, you know, take a beat for a minute. Um, but... Let the Venus and Cancer of it all, like, help you find some comfort and, like, remind you, like, oh, yeah, we had to cancel the show. We had to walk away from this plan. We had to move on to a new idea. But there is something comforting and nice in the mix. Um, And I think I'm going to talk more about this Venus and Cancer next week. Um, But I hope that was helpful. This forecast was helpful um, in entering your week ahead and planning your week ahead. Um, Really, especially this south node eclipse, like a tip I give people for remediation often is like per actually purge something, actually clean out your closet. Um, As I think I've talked about this before, Many of you know who know me personally that I am like a severe minimalist and don't have a lot of material items in general. So I get stressed out when I (laughs) don't have anything to purge. But I fixed that literally today as the moon was crossing my south node in Virgo. And I unfollowed anyone or anything or any like, business or celebrity or whatever musician who I don't know personally on Instagram um, just to like kind of like clear out the cash, like clear out the the sort of curation of what I'm paying attention to. Um, I'm obviously going to like, you know, I want to refollow, you know, I'm a Libra rising. <laughs> I need to refollow like my special meme accounts and my special celebrities and my special like fashion accounts and art accounts. But I wanted to just kind of clean the slate to be like, what do I actually want to be following and who do I actually want to be paying attention to? And what random people from my past do I maybe still want to follow on Instagram, but maybe I want to mute their stories just because it's like, I don't need to know everything that's going on in this person's life who I haven't seen for 10 years. Um, but I can't do that when there's also all this other stuff sort of clogging up the feed. Um, so that, you know, that kind of purge, like what am I paying attention to? That might be an interesting, um, eclipse remediation, a thing to let go, a thing to move on from during this week. Um, but yeah, let me know maybe what your strategies are, what you're working through, like what you're letting go in this moment. And again, if you're out there listening, (laughs) like, leave a comment, send me a message. Um, I want to know the audience. Who am I talking to? 
Um, anyway, I hope you have a beautiful Sunday or whatever day you're listening to this and we'll be back again next week.